welcome you this morning, wherever you have come from, however you came to be here, however many times you have been a part of this house, I want to welcome you here today. I am so thankful uh, that you chose to get up today and be a part, whether someone invited you or you found us, one family found us online. However you came to be here, I'm very, very, very much appreciate you being here. For those of you that are watching online, wherever you might be today, some of you are traveling, some of you, you're still not comfortable meeting in a large group. I get that. I understand that and respect that. Uh, you're watching online on the other side of that lens today. We want you to know that we are so very blessed uh, that you are still being a part of what the Father is doing right here among us. I can tell you that what he wants to do as we go forward is no different than what he wanted to do with the days that are behind us. Every single day that we wake up, what he wants to do is to make us a better person. He wants to grow us into a more faithful son or daughter to him, to him. Somebody say amen. So every day, our passion and our heart is to rise up in the morning and say, what, what today, Father? I'm going to be faithful over every single moment that you have given me. So I welcome you today, whoever you are and whatever way you came to be here, whether you're new on the line or you're new in this house, I want you to know that you matter to us. Uh, it means something to us that you have taken time out of your moment and day and life to come and, and introduce yourself to us and in turn... You've let us introduce ourselves to you. Thank you so much. My hope and my prayer is that what you experience today while you're sitting in this building or you're watching online is that you will experience what we believe to be true in every way and that is, and that, is that the Father really is doing something awesome among those who have an ear turned to Him. He wants in every way to grow us and I want to be grown. How about you? Anybody in here want to be grown? Amen. There are some things that I want to get to today, and we're going to actually begin a new series today. And the new series that we're going to start on this day is called The Social Connection. And it's called that only because I couldn't think of anything else to call it. But it's The Social Connection. And what this series is going to be about is it's going to reflect, it's going to help us Look at some things that are very common among, especially those of you, I'm 56 years old, so I've used what I'm about to say a couple of times. Uh, those of you that are under, what, 40 maybe, I don't know, you define it how you want to, but you use these a lot more than I would, and that is the acronyms, the initials that uh, people use to describe certain moments and circumstances. Today, today, I'm going to be talking about TBH. Does anybody know what that means? Somebody say it. What's it mean? What, is, what does it stand for? To be honest. Today is to be honest. And for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about these things and the impact, the relationship, if any, that they have in our lives as we are connected to the Father. Does it say something about us? Do these acronyms that we use, well, it does say something about us. What does it say about us? What do they say? And today we're going to begin with TBH. Everybody say TBH. To be honest. And what I want to do first before I do anything else is bring attention to something that I think is uh, powerful about this house and about you, and this has happened in different ways before, but yesterday I came up to the church, um, I'm not exactly sure what time it was, but it was in the morning, and uh, Tim and Liz, you came in right after I did, it so it was about 9 or 10 o'clock I think, somewhere around there, but I noticed as I was pulling into the church, and I'm looking around to see if this person is here this morning, I invited them, but you'll understand in a moment. So I'm pulling into the church, I come around that corner where all the construction is and that dirt road, and right behind me, just a little ways behind me, is a motorcycle with a man and a woman that look every bit like a motorcycle man and a woman. Uh, they were wearing their leather, they were wearing their colors, and they, were, uh, they looked like, uh, I don't know how to describe it any other way, they look like what? Yeah, that, well, I don't know. I've never seen that, but that, that's probably, it, it, maybe. So they looked rough, and they were behind me, and they were coming in, and I pulled up underneath the portico, and they followed me into the church parking lot. 
They might be watching online. If you're watching online, I just want you to know I fully respect you. I'm just describing what I saw. And uh, so they pulled up behind me, and I pulled under the portico to run in here for maybe five minutes. I had something I had to take care of. And they pulled up in front of the tree right out there by the visitor parking and just stopped. Well, I sat in my truck for a minute, uh, like every cautious human being would do. And I just sat there, and I just looked at them for a second, and they looked at me. And then they got off their motorcycle, and he stood up, and he just stared at me. And I thought, well, we're not going to look at each other all day. So I got out of the truck. And I said, is there something I can do for you? Or do you need something? That's what I said. I said, do you need something? And he said, no, 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 we'll be gone in a minute. We don't need anything. Thank you. And I said, okay, thank you. And I got out and I came in to unlock the church. And I came in and I was walking uh, to the back room over here to pick something up. And as I was walking back there, I hear this bang on the door. I mean, 10 seconds after I came in the door, I hear this bang. I turn and I go to the door, and when I go to the door, here they are standing there in front of me, and, and I said, the church, the building is closed today. I said, but is there something that you need? Because I'm going to be honest with you. They look like a rough crowd. <laughs> and I was thinking, if somebody kills me, no, there's not, nobody that knows. <laughs> and um, so I just said, is there something I can help you with? And he said, I just need two minutes of your time. And I'm thinking, there's a lot of ways to kill a man in two minutes. And um, no, I didn't think that. I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> maybe I did. Maybe for a fleeting moment. And I'm looking at this guy and he's looking rough and, and I'll just leave it at that. And I open up the door and when I open up the door, he comes in and he's holding something in his hand. And I said, what can I help you with today? And and he just hands me this wad of cash, thick wad of cash. And, and um, I said, what is this? And he said, you don't know. Or no, he said, um, I want to leave an offering today. And I said, do I know you? He said, no, you don't know me. He said, but I know who you are. He said, um, I met your son a couple of years ago. And just to be sure that he had the right place, I said, what son? And he said, Joshua. I don't remember your last name, his last name, but I met Joshua two years ago. And um, he said, and, and anyway, I just came by today, and I want to leave this with you, and it's an, it's an offering, and I, and I just want to leave it here. And I said, well, do you mind letting me get your name so we can give you credit on the contribution report, and you can claim it on your taxes, whatever you want to do. And he said, my name's not important. Turn around, walked out of the building got on their motorcycle and rode off into the sun, whatever it was. <laughs> and they rode out of here. And I took that wad of cash and I opened it up. And I went and got uh, Liz Darnell pulled in right behind them, Liz and Tim. And she, ran, she got me an envelope and I pulled it out. And there's $750 cash from a complete stranger. And uh, today it's in the safe. But, the, the, but they, you know, when I say this and I come to this place today, you know, I think about this, and I consider them, and I consider what they did, and I thought about it all day long. Every so often, I would say to my wife, I cannot get that moment out of my mind. I mean, if I had been five minutes later, it has nothing to do with the money. It has to do with why they came. And so I would say to my wife, I can't get that out of my mind, and the connection that they have with my son. Son, I just want to know, two years ago, were you? And, um, but... Uh, is there anything you want to tell us right now? There's, and, um, but I was moved by that. And so I insert that right now into this message, into this word that I'm going to teach today. To be honest, I insert that right now for this reason. Because I think, it's, I think there's a reality that happens when someone in this case, and I'm going to use my son in the truest sense of the word, when you live a life that really reflects something that is bigger than yourself, and you're honest about who you are and what you are. Sometimes our honesty doesn't look like God. Sometimes our honest living doesn't look like Christ. Now, I'm just being real, right? I mean, every husband and every wife, every mother, every father, every brother, every sister, every son, every daughter. There's been moments when you were honest and it looked nothing like Christ. But ultimately, that's our goal. But I know this, when we live and there's a piece of us... When there is holy honesty 
that is present in us, a holy integrity that is present in us, it gets attention. It does not ever go unnoticed. See, disingenuous honesty is mocked, but genuine honesty is respected. And I want to talk about these things a little bit today, and I want to talk about, and we're going to look at TBH and how it is reflected in our relationship with Christ. And I want to answer this question. Are we really living, in fact, say this with me, am I really living an honest life before God and men? I want to begin this morning by reading a scripture, and the scripture is this. It's, it's for lack of a better Subtitle to give to this section, I'm going to call it the honest standard. And the scripture is, For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. Shaviv, I'm going to go ahead and pause right here and let you take control of this, because I don't like having a fool with all that. Is that okay? Maybe we just pause for just a second. Everybody say, it's all good. You know, technology's worth working for, with for a little bit, but uh, sometimes it just gets in the way. So now it's asking me to rate it, and I just said no. So, so we're going to get this thing right right now. Just give me a second here. Thank you for being patient. We're going to do it this way. And here we go. So again, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 21 reads like this. It says, For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. Let me read that again. We aim at what is honorable. Everybody say, I aim. aim. Let's say it this way, so that we are TBH, being honest. Let's say it this way. My heart is, is to aim... At what, is at what is honorable, not only before God, but also before man. See, I think the danger in our lives is, as believers, uh, those of us who are believers, there may be some in this room right now that are not yet, but will be. Um, my trust is, you're here for a reason. But the danger is that our heart is set to be honorable before God and we rise up every day and what we want to do is we want to make sure that we live a life that is good before the Father, but we neglect to live a life that is righteous before men. We are focused on making sure that I'm doing the right thing before God, but we have no concern, no thought about doing what's right before men, which takes me back to Christ and the disciples when... uh, the taxes were being collected and the disciples came to Christ and said we have nothing to pay them with and he said this is what I want you to do I want you to go catch a fish and the first fish you catch I want you to open its mouth and I want you to pull the coin out and pay the taxes with that and they took the coin out and they did and and Christ said we're going to render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar if it belongs to him we're not going to argue about it we're not going to fuss about it we're going to be honorable before God and we're going to be honorable before men We're going to recognize that we have a responsibility to be righteous, to be heavenly in one sense, and we also have a responsibility, and I know this is going to shock some folks, but we also have a responsibility to be earthly in some sense. You know, Scripture talks about joining heaven and earth together until they become one. So we can't join heaven and earth together if we're so heavenly minded and we neglect the earth. When do they ever become one? They don't become one by accepting one and rejecting the other. They become one because we live with our eyes on the Father, pursuing a relationship with the Father, and while we're doing that, we're also recognizing the naked, the hungry, the imprisoned, the widow, the orphan. Do you hear me today? So to be honest, we have to come to the place where our aim is to live honestly and righteously, not only before God, but also before men. So why is it that we aim for this? Because one, we want to be believed. Why is it that I want to be honorable? What do I aim to be honorable for? One, I want to be believed. What good does it do if I lack honor, if I lack truth, if I lack honesty, and when I lack, because I lack honesty, at some point, you've, as the, the one who cried wolf too many times, suddenly, it's not real. No one believes you. 
Whatever you say holds no weight, has no value in it. It doesn't contain anything that's useful. When I think about the texts and that people use and they write, and, and I've done it a few times, maybe three in my life, but um, I don't know, maybe more. It's irrelevant. But the text that people use, these acronyms that people use, in this case TBH, and they'll write something. I want somebody, very quickly, give me an example of why you would use TBH that uses social media frequently. Anybody? Mahela, thank you for volunteering. Why would you use TBH? Somebody else? It's faster. But what would you TBH about? What would you apply that to? So you would say TBH and then put your opinion. But, and I want to say this for the people that she's not mic'd so you can't hear it online. She said she would do that to basically support an opinion that she's about to put on social media. Here's my question. Does TBH make your statement more valuable? Does it add any credence to it? Any validity to it? Does it make it any more truthful? Because we put to be honest. So why is it that we use these acronyms and we throw them in there, we insert these, in this case, before a statement of truth, something that, an opinion, whatever we want, to be honest, I feel like your dress didn't match your hat. Um, you know, and we put that on there, I'm just throwing something out there. And we're putting that out there, why wouldn't it, would it not hold the same value if we just said, your dress doesn't match your hat? Do we throw the TBH in there because it softens the blow? Is that what we're doing? Is we're trying, to, we're trying to be incredibly honest, painlessly. T, so the truth is, TBH is the anesthesia for the truth that's coming. So... If we go back to this, why do we aim for honesty or why do we aim for truth in this case? And we all want to be believed. I can tell you there's nothing wrong with putting TBH. First of all, let me say that in case I forget to say it later. There's nothing wrong with using some of these acronyms. Some of them there are. We'll get to that another day. But there's nothing wrong with using these acronyms as you're communicating with people. But I want to talk about today the, the connection that this has with the Father, and does it do our relationship with the Father any good, or does it hinder our ability to be better communicators? What does it do? I can tell you, in this generation, I receive texts from just about everybody here, from time to time, you'll send me texts, and one of the things that I've found, two of the things that I've found uh, over the years, is over these last few years especially, that have gone by the way of the dodo bird is cursive writing is no more. Not in many people's lives. I prefer cursive. I'm faster. If I write in writing, it's faster. It looks better. It's pretty. M maybe not pretty. It's faster. <laughs> but I can do that quick. But the, a generation is being raised up where cursive is irrelevant anymore. In fact, there's some schools that don't even teach it anymore. In the same way, I get texts pretty frequently from different ones in this congregation. Nothing wrong with it. It's all good. I'm not dogging anybody. But there are no capital letters or punctuation. It starts in a lowercase, ends in a lowercase, and I don't know when it's, this statement stopped and this one started. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Anybody get it? Why? 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 Why, Ava? No capital letters. And again, I'm not knocking anybody, but from my generation's perspective, again, I'm, I'm a 56-year-old guy. I'm a little bit older. When I look at that, all lowercase, I think of a couple things right off the bat. They didn't get taught well in school, or they're lazy. I'm not thinking they're just trying to be quick or whatever. I'm thinking lazy, didn't get taught well. That's what I'm thinking, because I think about every text, every time I write an article in truth, there's always going to be an error in there, because I'm not perfect. 
But when I write a truth article and I put that in there, I will read that several times, forward and backward, to try to find every mispunctuation or something that shouldn't have been, uh, you know, does it's have an apostrophe before the S or doesn't it? And I read through that and I'm pretty good at English, but I still miss little things. But every time I write that article, it improves my being. It improves my ability to be a better communicator because it's forcing me to look at these things. Now, I might just do this next, the next time I write a truth article and when you get the truth newsletter, I might do it in all lowercase, no punctuation. In fact, I think I'm going to do that. All lowercase, no punctuation. And then when you start texting me and saying, what are you trying to say? I'm going to say, exactly. To be eight, TBH. <laughs> I'm going to say exactly. So what does this do? I'm going to tell you, why do we aim? Why do we aim? He says, aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. Why do we aim for this honesty? Because one, let's get back to where I was starting. Because I want to be believed. I want to be a person who is believed. I aim for honesty because I don't want to, I don't want to just get up in the morning and say, you know what, the Father is going to believe me because he knows my heart. No matter what I do, he knows my heart. So, you know, I'm, I'm good with him. You know, everything I do is truth because he knows in my heart I didn't want to do that. I just did it because my, my, <laughs> I couldn't resist. But in my heart, he knows the truth. See, I want to aim for honesty because I want to be believed. And I don't want to have to put something in front of or in back and behind my moment to let the Father know that was honest. Everything else I did before that wasn't. I don't want to have to insert, again, I'm not taking what, use acronyms, use them all you want to. I just want you to reflect on, has the use of those things in your social media also become a reflection of your life in your relationship with the Father? Has the quickness of being in a hurry to use an acronym or initials instead of the actual statement, does that reflect the hurry you might be in in your relationship with the Father? Does that reflect at all the speed by which you're wanting to get through your moment that the Father might be actually trying to speak with you on Monday morning or Tuesday afternoon? Does anybody hear me this morning? I want to be believed and I want the Father, I want to speak to Him clearly and I want to use, I want to use the caps. And, and again, I'm not taking away, if do what you do, do what you do, just do it a little better. But, you know... <laughs> I want to use the caps and I want to use the punctuation because I don't want the Father to try. I don't want the Father to send Holy Spirit to me and say, what is this? Why does it? That's a run-on sentence, Steve. If, if the Father ever tells you you're using run-on sentences, there's a problem. <laughs> oh, the kid, now the kids are arguing. Then I want to talk about this. Turn with me to Proverbs 10, chapter 10, verse 9 in the English Standard Version. He says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. In this section, I want to call eyes in the back of your head. <laughs> whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. You know, I worked at the bank in 2015, 2016, and in Lake County. When I was working at the bank, I wasn't working there because I had to. I worked there because I wanted to. There were some things I wanted to gain, some knowledge I wanted to gain in banking. Uh, I'm not going to talk about all that right now, but I wanted to gain some knowledge about that. Finance has always been uh, one of my loves, and, uh, and I enjoy it, and I enjoy learning about it, investing, and all of that. But I went to work there, and while I was there, there was a, several things that I was responsible for, and a couple of those things that I was responsible for, one of them was that I would screen uh, job applicants. So when a job applicant would come, they would hire or they would apply through the company that they used, and, and I would take all of those applicants, and they got a lot every day, and I would go through all of those applicants, and I would research their background, and I would go through and I would find out, this is, this is what I did in the beginning part when I was there. And I would research their background and I would find out if they're telling the truth, if there's any TBH in their life, and, um, or if there was a lack of TBH in their life. And believe it or not, some of the things that you would find on there were interesting. In fact, going back to the last point that I made about the uh, initials and the abbreviation, um, when I was at the bank, and this is information for everybody that's in here, if you're, if you're applying for a job or something, as soon as I got to an application that had horrible punctuation, we deleted it. 
Didn't even get a, it. They could have been the most qualified, but they were out. If they did not use punctuation correctly, capitals correctly, if they did not take time to format that correctly, it was immediately removed from consideration. But I would go through these applications and I would look through these things and I would try to compare with a background and I would go to their Facebook page if they had one and I would go to their Twitter account if they had one, whatever they had, and I would go and I would research these things for the bank and I would find out, then I would submit that to the human resources officer to let them know this is what I found and this is my opinion. And then I would give that to them and then they would go from there. It's interesting because I'm still friends on Facebook with a, a lady that... Um, we had, I had found on there, and, and I'm going to just tell it like it is, but I found her on there, and she was a believer, and she had put something in there about, you know, I just trust God. She was very qualified for the job, but I took her over everybody else, and they hired her. Phenomenal lady, amazing lady. But uh, so I would do this, and I would look at this because in this case, I was the eyes in the back of their head. I was looking for things that were there, and then another thing that I would do in there is I was over credit, and as I moved from screening the candidates, I moved into credit, they moved me into the credit department, and I would review people's credit history, so if they were applying for a loan or what have you, I would go in there and I would do all that was involved in that, and I would research where they had their finances, are they telling the truth about whatever it is that they're applying for, where they've worked, where they've been. Are they telling the truth? Do they have any records on them? And would, would get all this information. And then I would submit that again to the powers that be, those who were making the decisions whether to grant that loan. And then they would make a decision based on the information that I gave them through the research that I did. All of these things required me to be, as it were, eyes in the back of their head. To allow them to make a decision based on whether or not that person was TBH whether they were really being honest, whether it was just word service or whether it was life. And it required a, a, they required this because what you don't want to do in any given situation, you don't want people coming in here that can say it well, but they can't do what they say. And this is the Father. This is the kingdom. So when we think about the social connection and we think about TBH and how that connects and how that relates to the Father, I want to say this to you today. I want to remind you or encourage you today to recognize that everything that you're saying and doing, the way you're living your life, let, the life needs to make the statement. Not the words. We don't need to be in a hurry to get the initials in there because we're trying to get to something else. Nor does the Father ever want us to come to a place where we feel like we have to pre-qualify or post-qualify anything that was said or done. In other words, putting a TBH in front of or in the rears. We don't have to pre- or post-qualify that. In the kingdom of God, He wants us living a life where He knows that when we do... Whatever it is that we do, we did that to our fullest. We gave it everything that we had, and we didn't have to say to him, do you believe me? Do you believe me? Because when we do that, TBH, what we're really saying is, I'm not sure if you're going to believe me, so I just want to throw this in there just in case you don't. And that's not what the Father wants of you and me. He wants us living a life, and we're entering into another year, another opportunity. In fact, scratch that we're entering into another year. Every single day that you're giving given. Every single day that you are given, you or I, that we are given, we come into that day and we have another opportunity to be honest with the Father and to say, this is a weakness in me, this is a strength in me, and I recognize both of those. Will you work on this one that is a weakness and make it stronger in the good part, the strong part, will you help me to manage that in such a way that it continues to honor you? That I don't get big-headed because I have a good area in my life. Does anybody hear me? So again, in Proverbs 10, 9, it says this, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. To live knowing I'm not hiding from a secret truth is safety. To live a life, for you to live knowing that you are not hiding a secret truth. In other words, what's a secret truth? It's those things that you know to be true about your life, but you push them away and you hide them and you don't expose them in any way. You're not, in other words, you don't deal with it. You just choose, I'm not going to deal with this area in my life. I'm going to pretend like nobody else sees that. I want to tell you what that, what that does is create lack of safety in your life because you're always consciously aware of the thing you're trying to hide behind the corner. 
There's always, no matter what you do, you come over here and you are growing in the Father, but you know that over here around the corner there is something that you are actually hiding and it's always in your mind. It's not the Father's heart for you. It's not what He wants for you or me. What He wants for you and for me is for us to take that baggage that's around the corner and go ahead and pull it out and expose it. Not before the congregation. Not before your family and friends. But before the Father and say, you know what, to be honest... This has been a part of me. I've been hiding for a long time and somehow I thought I was hiding it from you. But I realize that I'm not. So I'm going to go ahead and repent of this and let you deal with this thing so that I can live securely, so that I can live in safety because at some point, that thing's going to be found out. Does anybody hear me this morning? No one. I remember it well growing up. You know, I was, my my parents uh, were very... There was a verse that they loved to use, and I don't remember exactly where the verse is found. It's in the Second Testament, but they used to use this, and they loved it. I should know exactly where it's at, because any time that they thought that either myself or my brother were doing something that did not honor them or God, it didn't matter that we we did not honor God because we weren't serving Him, Um, but in their mind, it didn't matter. We were in their household, and any time we would do something wrong, they would say, You better tell the truth. Be sure your sins will find you out. I mean, I always felt like there was somebody hunting me down to find the sin. Be sure my sins are chasing me down. Be sure. Steve. And if you're watching today, you know I'm telling the truth. and, and, And they found me on July the 8th, 1985. But said, Steve, be sure. Your sins will find you out. So you better, you better tell the truth. Again, whoever walks in integrity, though, walks securely. Amen. Think about a life that we live where there's, we're not hiding things around the corner. Nobody in this room, including myself, I don't want to know the things that you've put in bags and boxes, that you've stuffed in corners and on shelves, that you've hidden in attics and basements. I don't want to know what those things are. But I want you to recognize that they're there if they are. And I want you to bring them before the Father because I want you to live a life that is secure. He says, whoever walks in integrity walks safely. Walks safely. But he who makes his ways crooked, in other words, I'm never going to deal with these things. I'm going to keep, I'm not being honest with myself. I'm not being honest with the Father. His way becomes crooked. In other words, he's always trying to dodge those things that keep getting it. He keeps reminding him of where he came or she came up short. Always trying to move around those things. And he said, there's no way you're going to live a life that's safe and at peace. You will never have peace as long as you let those things rule in you and be a part of who you are. So today, in this part, I'm going to say this to you. TBH, deal with the closet. Bring it before the Father. And the third thing, sacrifice is not required. In Proverbs 21.3 in the NIV it says, To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Let me use this TBH moment. So I'm going I'm <laughs> to use it in front of it. TBH. Everybody say TBH. TBH. So... TBH, Mm, I'm trying to use my words, choose my words carefully. Hmm. I have it written one way, but I'm not going to say it that way. So TBH, if... How do I want to do this without getting somebody in trouble? (laughs) I'm trying to think of an example that has never happened here. Okay. TBH, let me just say it this way. Coming to church on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., is not a substitute for relationship with God. TBH, 
Lifting your hands higher than anybody else is not a substitute for a relationship with God. Coming to church on Sunday morning because, not because you want relationship, but because choices were made during the week that you know dishonored God and you feel like simply by being at church, you'll be more comfortable and that will be healed or that will be removed. That isn't a sacrifice that the Father's looking for. Am I making sense? To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. In other words, He is not looking for our sacrifices. You say, what sacrifices? The things we think we do to be holy are less appealing than being truthful so that we can know Him. And I use these examples simply because it's general. But coming to church every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock doesn't make us holy. Lifting our hands to worship Him doesn't make us holy. Singing the songs that we sing doesn't make us holy. Crying a bucket of tears doesn't make us holy. Saying in Jesus' name doesn't make us holy. What makes us holy is obedience to Him. Is being honest before the Father and saying, this is what you're asking of me. This is the kind of relationship that you want. You want an honest relationship. You want a relationship of integrity where I stand before you and I, and I am completely exposed and I'm not trying to pretend like you don't see all the parts that I've hidden for so long. You getting me this morning? So to do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. He said, I don't want your sacrifices. I don't want those. What I want is your heart. What I want is your life. What I want is your passion. What I want is your zeal. What I want is all of your rights and all of your wrongs. I want you to bring it all to me. I don't want you to come to me and say, this is who I am, but you've hidden all the wrongs and you've brought all the rights. He said, I want all of your rights, all of your goods and all of your bads, all of your highs and all of your lows. To do what is acceptable before the Father is to bring to Him everybody, everything that I am. Everything that I am because it's at that place, that's where relationship really begins. No one has ever had a relationship where there, were not, where there was... No controversy, no conflict. Never had one worth having. Because what that has done is it allowed me, when I met my wife and I came to know her, the more I, became, the more I came to know her, the closer we got was when she began to realize I was not a perfect man. It took a long time to come to No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but she realized I was not a perfect man. And I realized, it took a long time to figure this out, she was not a perfect woman. I'm still trying to figure that out. Babe, you're just like... But I realized she was not a perfect woman. And we had to work through those imperfections that we had. And, and our relationship grew because we learned how to not deal with one another's imperfections, but to help one another grow through those imperfections. And the same is true of the Father. When Yahweh God is looking at you and He's looking at me and He's, he's, he's carrying on and He's getting in the, in the morning when you get up and He has your undivided attention... Or whatever attention you give Him. When you get up in the morning, what the Father's looking for is, are they bringing me everything that they are? Because the best relationship that I can have with them is one that's built on honesty. And to be honest, if they will bring me everything that they are and completely expose everything all their good all their bad all their everything if they will bring that to me they have now given me something to work with if they will just be honest with me about the condition of their life where they stand and when i use condition it almost sounds like a sickness i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the reality of who we are so I say to you today, for all of us, when we come to the Father, what's He looking for? When we think about the social connection, I want to say this about it. The Father isn't as interested in your friends in that quick use of initials. 
or the lazy use of no caps. He's not interested. What he's interested in is knowing the deepest part of who you are. In fact, he's more aware. He's already fully aware. He knows everything he needs to know about all of your good. What he wants to know about you is, how can I help him? How can I help her overcome that weakness? Because we're quick to bring to the Father, if we're honest, our praise because we focus on the things that, man, this was great, this was awesome, and so on and so forth. But we're slow to bring to Him those areas where we have let, in our mind, let Him down. But I want to tell you this about relationship with the Father. When we come to Him... Because the Father is looking for sons and daughters. He's not looking for machines or robots. And every good son, faithful son, every good daughter and faithful daughter brings everything that they are to their Father. Naturally and spiritually. Can bring all of that. Feel secure. In that relationship, to say, this is who I am. You know my good, Dad. You know all that I do that's good. But will you help me with this that I have not yet overcome? I want to say to you today, to be honest, rather than jumping to a quick point and quick conclusion and saying, Father, this is what I've given you is all you're getting. Can we take the time today to allow Holy Spirit to begin to work in us and to begin to pull out of the closet, pull off of the shelves, pull out of those holes, those hidden places, begin to pull those things out so that we can live righteously before Him and we can stand before Him and not bring those things to Him and say to Him, you know, I'm sacrificing a lot to bring this to you. I'm sacrificing my, my comfort. I'm sacrificing my peace. It's not a sacrifice. It's a joy. It's an honor to be able to bring to the Father, this is who I am. And you know what? I'm coming to you today. I'm coming to you with a lot of good, but I'm coming to you with some things that might not be either. But I'm bringing it all to you because you can take every single piece that I am, every single piece that I've come, become, you can take that, you can heal it, you can mend it, you can restore it, you can raise it up, you can breathe life into it. Do you hear me today? So I know under the sound of my voice today, whether you're watching online or you're in this room right now, I know that in some of you today, your whole relationship with a father, it's, it's speed, it's quickness, it's convenience. How convenient is it? How fast can I do this? How quickly can I get through this service and get out of here and go do my thing? How quickly can I get through this moment when Holy Spirit's trying to tell me something? I'm not taking the time to write it down. How, how quickly can I get through this moment where He's dealing with me and I feel conviction about something, but I'm just going to overlook it. I'm going to do something else that'll take my mind off of it. I'm going to tell you today what the Father wants to do in every single person in this room is He wants to heal and He wants to restore. He doesn't want the kind of relationship that we quickly run in and out of. He doesn't want a relationship that's convenient. He wants a relationship that's life-changing. And there is nobody that can change a life more than He. There's a reason that God sent His Son. There's a reason that that Son lived and died. And then there's a reason that that Son rose. And all of that occurred because the Father had you in mind. Imagine this. Imagine if the Father had sent a message via text to you and me. Said, to be honest, I'd like to send my Son, but He's the only one I've got. And it would take too much time. But he didn't. What he did was he sent a message and the message was his son. He sent a message and the message was the Redeemer. And to you and me today, the Father's sending a message. He's sending it to all of us in this room. And I'm not going to ask anybody to stand and raise your hand. I'm not going to ask anybody to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to do that. If you're watching online, I'm going to ask you to evaluate your own heart. Right where you're seated. And in what ways have you tried to make a relationship that the Father wants that is... Not measured by 
how many minutes I prayed or whether or not I went to church on Sunday or whether or not I did this or did that. It's measured by how aware am I that the Father wants to use me. He wants to receive me. He wants to change me. He wants to create in me a son's attitude, a sonship spirit so that I serve him. And if I focus on that, all these other things will come to pass. Do you hear me today? He wants to change you. So stand with me if you would please this morning. So if I'm asking you today, and I am, and I'm asking you if you're watching online or you're in this room today, as we proceed and we begin to move forward in this day, I want you to self-evaluate. Because what the Father has for us, what He wants to do in us, what He wants to do through us, what He wants to use us to do, as I said last Sunday, I'll say it again today, I want to be the most religious of all. The most religious of all. Not in the sense of uh, uh, tradition, whether I go to church or read all the right scriptures or say all the right prayers or lift my hands the right way. I want to be the most religious of all because I recognize around me that there are needs that need to be met and some of them I can meet. And I want to be at the right place at the right time every time. The Father needs me to have an impact on somebody around me. In that regard, I want to be the most religious of them all. But in order to get to that place where I'm the most religious of them all, and I hope that's your heart too. In that regard, my hope and my prayer is this that we say to the Father, I'm completely available in order to get to that place. Will you help me today to pull all that stuff out that I've hidden? It's in the back room. And I'm just going to pile it up right here in front of you and I'm going to let you deal with it. I'm submitting it to you and I'm asking you, first of all, forgive me. Second of all, help me overcome it. Some of that stuff that you pile up and that you put in bags, it isn't things that you've done that he wouldn't be proud of. It's things that you've done that you aren't proud of. It's things that you've said, places you've gone, whatever it might be. I believe this about us, and this is a little soapbox, but I believe this about us in the kingdom. I believe that we're called to a different standard. I believe we're called to something different. I watched the other night on, uh, or saw, we watched the ball drop, and, and I'm not sure why we do that. We could record it and get up the next morning and watch it. <laughs> but we watched the ball drop, but then the next morning when we got up, I saw a report, and you may have seen it too, on the news, and they were inflating and making it incredible and, and making it seem phenomenal that Andy Cohen and the other dude, what's the other guy's name that was with him? Andy Cohen and uh, Anderson Cooper, they had them on CBS and CNN on New Year's Eve competing to see who could drink the most shots without getting drunk, but they wanted them to be drunk, get drunk on live TV, and they made a big deal out of that. Huge deal out of it. Just look it up. You'll see. And all the comments the next day, when you look on, you, I pulled up my computer, and I pulled up the news, and everything, boom, 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 was, oh, did you hear Anderson say this? He had had four shots, and he was already drunk, and then he said this, and everybody was laughing, and this is the funniest thing that happened on New Year's. And they're making this... Like it's something special. And then later that day I was informed that 40, we killed 42 million, not we, but America killed 42 million babies in abortion last year. Million. 42 million. 42 point something million. 42.7 million babies in one year in 2020 were killed in abortion. But our attention is on how drunk we can get Andy Cohen and Cooper Anderson. Whatever his name is. Anderson Cooper, yeah. That's where, let's focus on that because that's a party. Can I tell you this today? TBH. That does not reflect God. That does not reflect the kingdom. And I've heard one of those two men say before, talk about how they believe that they are a Christian. I would argue that. not my place to judge. I'll let the Father do it. I'm just examining fruit. And I see a few bruises on the outside of the pear. 
But I'm going to tell you today, when American can celebrate that, and then you hear almost nothing about all the babies that are killed, of course they celebrate that in the same way they celebrate drunkenness. How does this change? I'm going to tell you how it changes. It changes when you and I begin to be honest with ourselves and the Father. And we don't try to hurry through it and we don't try to hide anything between the lines. We don't leave the O off the T or the E off the B or the O-N-E-S-T off the H. But we put it all out there. And we say, Father, this is who we are. Will you heal my mind? Heal my heart? Will you grow me so that I reflect who you are? Even in the middle of all of this. Do you hear me today? So if, 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 whatever baggage, let me put it this way, whatever there might be that you've tried to just push back there, give it to him today. Give it to him today. Give it to him in your quiet moment, however you want to do it, but give it to him today. Repent of what needs to be repented of and let him begin to work in you so that you can see things differently. Begin to see capital letters. I'm serious. Begin to see punctuation. Begin to see what beauty really looks like. Everything in lowercase, no punctuation, isn't a piece of art. It looks like a foreign language. But when you got caps and they're mixed in with lowercase, and then you throw punctuation in there, if you look at it outside of just being words, it's beautiful, it's pretty. Cursive writing, how pretty it is. The Father wants it all. He's looking for it all. Can you give it to Him? I encourage you today, whatever moment you're given, ask yourself, what am I holding back? And I'm going to bring it out there. Because I'm not going to be partially honest with him. And I'm not going to pretend like that's a sacrifice. I'm bringing it all out here. And I'm giving it all to him. And I'm going to let him do his all with me. Father, I lift my voice over this people today. Pray over every man and over every woman. I pray today that by your word and by your spirit that we walk out of this place and we're a changed people. Help us today to consider everything that you are wanting to do in us. Help us consider that today. Help us see it. Help us be aware of it. Help us pay attention to how you want to change us and how you want to raise us up. You have called us to be sons and daughters, not orphans, not vagabonds, not outcasts. You haven't called us to be like everybody else. You called us to be set apart. We're joining heaven and earth together today as one. We're going to do what we do that will honor you and will be also honorable before men. Be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I bless you today.